Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 42, the latest and greatest club from the restaurant of the universe. And to my left, as always, our good friend Ryan, who, truth be told, believe the tabloids, had a date with Lord Vader's daughter just the other night. I could not believe it when I saw it, but it's true. He did. It's a totally different experience when you walk into the guy's living room. And instead of him polishing a shotgun like they do down here in the south, he's polishing a lightsaber with a force. You're like, whoa. He's like, what are your plans with my daughter? I don't know. Not die? <laughs> uh, so how you doing, buddy? Are things uh, going okay in the, in the south Texas, whatever region that you're in, in, in Texas? I'm winning my chess game. Oh, good. Good, good. So is that, if that counts. Yeah. What's, your, what's your rating? Uh, 1378. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Still haven't broke 1400 since we talked about it. <laughs> it's hard. 1400 has been... It's, I don't know if it's a mental thing or... But I can go like six games in a row and gain like seven points at a time and then lose one and lose like 30 points. And it's just like, yeah, well, I'm well, still it's not all, that good. It's all about how all the uh, ratings work. Because it's about expectation of beating your opponent. Is uh, right. So if you lose to someone you shouldn't lose to, you lose a lot. But you get punished. You, but if you beat someone you're supposed to, you don't gain a lot. Yes. So that's that's just, it's weird. It's 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 a funky system, I guess. Right. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but the weather's been beautiful. Oh yeah. And my kid hasn't gone to the emergency room, so yay! No emergency here. room. <laughs> How about you? Uh, it's been good. Uh, this week was kind of weird. Uh, one of the people in my group is leaving the company. So, uh, you know, it's weird when you leave and I'm going to take over his cubicle. But, uh, you know, he's going to Amazon. So that's cool for him. Yeah, that is cool. He's going to be doing their... Um, he's going to be working on their home delivery uh, grocery stuff. The like, drones, n- not the drones. The uh, the grocery stuff, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, today was a pretty good day. Got to hang out, you know. Um, saw the Avengers, the Avengers two, which was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. And thing is, here I'm gonna rag on it a little bit, but I don't want anyone to think I didn't like it. I did like the movie, and I was just to go see it. So, on, so just before you get into it, on an enjoyment scale, 1 to 10, 10 being you really enjoyed it, 1 being it you wouldn't watch it again ever. 8. I give it an 8. You really enjoyed it, though. I really, yeah, it's, it's a fun movie, but it's the only, it's the first time where I've watched a Marvel movie and went, that can't stand by itself. Because all the Marvel movies, if you watch them, that's the only one you need to see for the most part. Like, they're very stand alone even though they are part of a bigger story so but this one you kind of had to see the previous ones to make to get it to make some sense uh but other than that yeah it's, it's really fun um uh, it's really funny that's it, something i didn't expect it's a very funny movie lots funny, of jokes huh? oh yeah lots of jokes like because you know captain america he's from the 40s and you know his big thing is he's a stickler and and mm-hmm. uh Tony Stark says shit early on in the movie. He's like, 
language, Tony. And so it's this running gag the entire movie about how Captain America doesn't like when people curse. <laughs> so every time someone curses, <laughs> they talk to, like they make fun of Captain America for saying language to, to Tony. So you know stuff like that. It's I mean, I would I would recommend it. Um, it's not the best one. It's not as good as the first one, but it's still really good. I mean, it's a solid B plus. Okay, so what was bad about it? Uh, like I said, it doesn't stand on its own. Um, the pacing was kind of weird um, at times because it is a it's a long movie. I think it's like two and a half hours. Damn. Um, but it, I mean, it's it's very it's very Joss Whedon. Like you can tell, it's a Joss Whedon film. The way the dialogue works, the way everyone talks, you just you can just tell. Um, but I mean, I like I said, really enjoyed it. Lots of fun. Um, luckily, I don't know. I don't know if they. I assume they have them down there. But AMC has started doing the reserve seating. Have you seen? Have you seen that? No, um, not really. No. What? How's that work? And so it is. Is you buy a seat. Like with a number, like an air, like an airplane, you know. Instead of you know having, when? huh? At, like, like when, like online or something? Yeah, when you, yeah, or when you're buying, the or tickets. when you get there, or when you, if you even can, when you get there. Yeah, you can do it when you get there. Uh, AMC, okay. they've they're, they've been changing the format of a lot of their theaters to, and what it is <laughs> is they're they're big chairs, and they're recliners. Really? Oh yeah, they will lay almost completely flat, like big leather recliners. They charge a bit more, but uh, I was reading a so thing. What are they at? Fifty bucks now? No, I mean, I think ours were nine. Wow. I mean, it's it's a little bit more expensive, but not bad. It's not bad. Um, I was reading something is they when they changed their format for their seating, they lost fifty percent of their capacity, but attendance spiked sixty percent. So they made up all that they were losing because more people were going there. And it's great, especially for big movies like this, where instead of having to wait for an hour, you have a seat. So you can you can show up five minutes before the movie and you're at your seat and the chairs are comfortable. Some of them are, you know, heated, you know, like heated seats, like, you know, a car or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's a really great way to see a movie, especially because I just don't go to many movies anymore. Uh, yeah, me neither. Well, the thing is, is, I don't know. We all have nice televisions. For the most part, I'd rather just watch it on my couch, hit pause when I got to go piss, drink a beer. You know, the concessions aren't $25 or whatever the, you know, they are. These are all very valid points, actually. And that's why, that's why, you know, except for movies like the Avengers, like the big spectacle movies, there's really no point. I can wait and right, I can stream right. it on Voodoo for five bucks. Brand new movie, five dollars. Really? Yeah, in 1080p, like gorgeous. Damn. Yeah, so yeah, there, there's really no. A lot of movies, there's just no point. Yeah, the advent of the big TV just killed movie theaters, really. Uh, except for the spectacle, like the big. Well, right. Like, yeah. like, like Lord of the Rings, you're gonna go see at a movie theater. Or yeah, or like uh, Jurassic World, gonna go see that in the theater. Fuck yeah! You know, I mean that that, Man, that those kind of awesome. movies, but. Stuff like like Birdman, even though I did see it in the theater, but that was more just because I wanted to go see a movie and we were right there kind of deal. Mm-hmm. But those kind of movies, it's it's better to watch in your living room. I agree. Some I, movies are just better. You know, I've got a good sound system. It's not great, but it's good. 
you know, it'll, it'll, it'll rattle the walls a little bit. Well, that's good enough. Yeah. And, <laughs> you have neighbors uh, to annoy? No, I mean, they, I guess it's, they're far enough away. They'd be they're hard far to enough away. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's just really no reason to go anymore. And that's just one of those things where, which is weird for me, especially because back in 09, I saw 43 movies in the theater in 09. And last year, I think I saw five in the theaters. How many is that? Is that? It's almost one a week. It's almost one a week. It's almost one a week. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was dating this girl and we both really liked movies. So we go like C2 on a Saturday kind of deal. But still. Right. Right. I'm Watch that, a movie. What? Well, no. I mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's. Considering watching a movie, did you watch the fight last night? Uh, no. It's expensive. Oh, you <laughs> saved a lot of money on some bullshit shit, man. Yeah, well, the thing is because, um, like I said, I had a, we had a friend over for the Derby, and we were like, hey, maybe we should get the fight. You know, Derby what? What Derby? The Kentucky Derby was yesterday. You actually watched that like it was an event? Yeah. I love the Kentucky really? Derby. Oh, yeah. Weird. It's just one of those things. You're it's... a strange person. Horse racing is fun, man. No, what? What? No, Horse racing is fun, yeah. Especially if you ever go to a, like a track and like bet on it and stuff. Never it's, done that. Oh, it's 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 a blast. Uh, okay. I really, it's not one of those things I want to do a lot, but it's it's a lot of fun. I, uh, when I was living in Oklahoma City, we we used to go down to Remington Park like once a month. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, is you can you can literally bet a dollar on something. It's not like you can spend. You can take twenty. 20 bucks and bet to your heart's content right on different okay, I get things it. you know so but it was it, you know it was fun and it had it had a friend over like yeah maybe we should get the fight and then we looked at the price and it was a hundred dollars and i went pass yeah pass <laughs> just pass you saved a bunch of money man that shit all of the fights are boring i don't know if it's a Everybody's saying it's like Mayweather's fight for being a shitty like boxer, like exciting. He's not exciting to watch. Oh no, he's terrible. But to, to me, yeah. But I think it's a product of just being used to the MMA. It's MMA is so much more exciting. Like I was, I mean, I haven't watched boxing in eight years. You know, nine years since the last time we had a good big fight. Like I think it was Lennox Lewis versus Holyfield. Who was it? Uh, Who did Lennox Lewis beat up? That was was it Tyson? Did, he, no, he did beat Holyfield. That was a big one. Um, anyway, the last Lennox Lewis fight where he just beat the shit out of the guy that everybody thought was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And Lennox Lewis just boxed the crap out of him. Um, that was the last fight I watched. So that long ago. And I've been watching MMA since, you know, at least three or four times a year. So when they came out and they had those boxing gloves on and it looked like they had pillows on the end of their hand, I was like, what are we watching here? You know, when he could <laughs> cover up like this. And his whole body was pretty much guarded, and I don't. I was. I was like, no, no. I mean, I. I regret paying the money, and now I wish I just stuck to MMA because. Yeah, uh, this. This. I mean, it was the last. This is the last fight. This is the last. Fuck one. that. No, it, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was just oversold. The no, last no, great no. fight was ten years ago. This fight sucked. Well, yes, yeah, so but I'm talking about this is the last. In in my mind, in in my opinion, you know, in the sports world, this is the last big fight. You know, air quotes, big fight. This is the last one. That was it. 
because boxing is the old death of but boxing dead. Is what yeah, it, that's pretty much what it is. Is the death of boxing. We got to pay hundred bucks to see the end of boxing. Because mm-hmm. you know MMA is a big deal now. I mean, it's huge. I mean, UFC it is, is good deal. Yeah. Um, but boxing is just too hard on the combatants. Uh, you know, because because of the big you know pillows on their hands, they can swing as hard as they want to, and they don't get hurt, and so it just does crazy damage to the, the opponent's heads. Especially yeah, because the head bounces back in like mm-hmm. a slower fashion, and it just messes up that brain or that grain matter like uh, stuff that connects your skull to your brain mm-hmm. that keeps it from moving around. So at first, it's no big deal, but eventually, it gets all ripped apart, and then the brain's just sloshing around like no big deal, like a bowl of jelly. Well, and um, <coughs> you know. In in UFC, <coughs> excuse me. I mean, their gloves are almost for show. I mean, they're very five thin. Ounce? I think they're like five ounce gloves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're very little, uh, and you know they don't last as the matches don't last as long. And even mm-hmm. though it's a more brutal sport in a lot of respects, it's actually easier on the bodies of the contenders. It's easier on the brains. Except they get kicked in the head. Well, they do. And it only takes one dude. Like, it only takes me kicking, you know, being as good as at kicking as I am. I kick you once in the head, and I can, like, permanently change your personality. Like, it is a possibility. It's like getting hit with a baseball bat. I can crack you with 190 pounds of, you know, athleticism with my shin right across your, you know, forehead. It's going to, I mean, not forehead, but your temple. It's going to change. There's all kinds of stuff inside you. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they don't. They have the potential to be catastrophically hurt, whereas you don't as much in boxing. But boxing gives you long term four or five concussions in a, a round. You know what I mean? Right. In like yeah. a match, and those add up quick. You know, where you just become you know punch drunk is what they call it. They have a term for it. Yeah. But yeah. watching last night, nobody got hit at all. Well, and that's what Mayweather does. That's what he's always done. Is he's very. He doesn't go for the knockout. He he plays the game. He knows how to score, the, and that's that's what he, plays he does. The game. He plays the game. He's one of the best game players of boxing ever. Mm. It's not an example of him being a badass fighter. It's just him an example of him playing boxing by the rules better than anybody. Right. And I, I'm not going to argue. His accuracy was phenomenal. Like when he was, you know, he would be in there, and if there was an opportunity, he would throw a jab or a stiff right hand, and almost. Always it connected. You know, Pacquiao would slam his face back. And Pacquiao threw like four times as many punches but only landed like a third of them. I think at one point Mayweather threw seven punches in a round and landed six of them. Wow. But he still won the round. You know what I mean? Right, because of the accuracy and not getting hit as much. I mean, that's another thing that Mayweather does really well is he, you know, he moves, he bops. He, like, he does not get he hit runs. very much. He runs. Yeah. He runs backwards. He's very good at skipping backwards. He'd be great at Taekwondo. Well, yeah. But yeah, he, you know, was, he um, is a terrible, terrible person. I will just say that right now. Yeah. He's been arrested for domestic abuse seven times. Yeah, I wasn't excited to see either one of them really win. But yeah. I just, I wanted to watch. I wanted it's to. It's a spectacle. It was a spectacle, and I wanted to be part of it, I guess. Only cost me 20 bucks. That's not bad. But I got. I got food and drink, you know, alcohol. Well, well it was beer, so it wasn't technically alcohol. I mean, it was technically alcohol, but... Well, and that's the thing, like, if the fight had been 50 bucks, we probably would have gotten it, you know, because it, sure. it was just me 
my wife and a friend of mine. And so if it had been 20, 25 bucks a person, yeah, I would have gotten the fight. 50 bucks, right. pass. Just pass. Yeah. Now, I will pay, I will pay more for a big-time boxing, like a MMA, uh, MMA match, like the UFC. You know, like when Anderson Silva was going out, I was willing to pay the whole $70 or whatever it was by myself to watch it. I was like, I don't care what it takes. I want to see this guy's last fight. Yeah. And then I'm a big fan of the, you know, Diaz guy. Not a fan. I'm curious about the guy. <laughs> like, I really pay attention to him for some reason. Not as a fan, but just out of, just a sheer curiosity. He's such a strange person. That makes sense. Kind of on the topic, did you hear about John Jones? No. Hmm. You know who Jones is, right? I know the name. That's about it. He's 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 like one of the most badass UFC fighters we've ever had. He's like the new school of, you know, he's one of the first people that was like a true super athlete that could have been a football player, but instead chose to be an MMA, you know, guy. Right. His brother's in the NFL. You know, he comes from a, you know, a lineage of super fucking athletes. He's got the pedigree. He was the champion of the 185 weight class or something like that. So, like, the really super exciting, one of the most awesome weight classes. He, um, he was already champion. He's been champion for a while, defended his title several times against Machida and some other people. And Anyway, he um, wrecked his car, ran a red light, T-boned a lady who's pregnant, broke her arm, so she's rushed to the emergency room. So that looks extremely bad, right? But he flees the scene as soon as he wrecks the car. So he's she calls the cops, and the while. witnesses are there saying, what's going on? The cops get there. The motherfucker runs back and grabs cash out of the glove box and then runs off again after being identified by the cop. Someone needs to learn things, man. Like it's... So he's going to prison for probably about three years. You know, probably less when he, you know, good behavior and money and all that gets involved. But he's going to be sentenced for most likely three years in prison, and he's been stripped of his title and kicked out of the UFC. Wow. I mean, good for them for doing it. I mean, right. the NFL should, that be doing that kind, should be doing that kind of stuff. You know, kicking people out and, you know, yeah, technically you serve your debt society, but get out of the league, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I didn't even make the parallel to the um, NFL. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, obviously the no, notable one is Michael Vick, you know. Or Ray Rice. Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray Rice is a big one. He uh, That happened recently, too. Yeah, he just got reinstated. Did he? I think so. That's fucked up. Yeah, and good on the Ravens for cutting him. The week it happened, they cut him. Well, good on him then, yeah. Yeah, man, I mean... Especially because, I mean, Ray Rice is one of the five best running backs in the league, if not better. I mean, he might be top three running backs in the league kind of deal. No shit. Oh, yeah, he's very good. And they just, they cut him straight away. He's done. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad to see our influence as consumers on the sport is no longer just winning. It's It's not okay to have a rapist on your team if he is the best basketball player. Yeah, you know, that that has definitely that. been changing. Mm-hmm. Well, the social justice warriors are pulling the pendulum slightly more towards the, uh, you know, less you know less perfection on the field and more of a good player all the way around. You know, it was really bad, with, especially because you know there was a big rash of you know stuff in the NFL with Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson and Hardy and a couple right. of other guys. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember talking to my wife, and I was like, if they're not careful, they're going to kick everyone out of the league. It's just how it is. They're, they're, you know, they're, for the most part, they're just a bunch of thugs. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I think it's an example of giving young men too much money. That's part of it. I mean, yeah. Oh, well. And, And the thing is, most of those guys have never been told no, ever. The, you know, because most, most, you know, top-tier athletes have been that way since they were 12, 13, yeah. 13, you know. Right, so yeah. they got I understand. Every, everyone got just, they just got pushed through school. They were the, you know, they were the baddest at their high school. They were the baddest at their university. They were the, you know, and so they're, they're, they're never, they have no limits because no one's ever really told them no, which is. Yeah, no, I understand where it stems from. I understand how it's, you know could be claimed not their fault, but it's still their fault. No, it's like still definitely their examples. fault, I'm just saying. Yeah, there's you plenty know, of it's... examples in society of how how to be, and there's also plenty of examples of how not to be. Right. And we always have those choices. So. Well, But I understand the reasoning coming, you know, I understand how they got there, if that means anything, you know? Right, yeah. Right. So today is... Well, at least on the Eastern Sea Board, we are about two hours till May fourth, which yeah. is you know, May the fourth, Star the fourth Wars Day. Yeah. So I want to take some time and I want to talk Star Wars <laughs> because it, you know it's. I don't know anything about this movie, Jacob. You're going to have to explain <laughs> it to me. Ah, it's actually something funny. I was I was talking to to my wife about this yesterday or today, and I was like. I remember because I first saw Star Wars, I was so young enough that the big reveal in Empire wasn't spoiled. Like right. it was still like, oh my God, Vader is Luke, is Luke's father. This is insane, you know that kind of stuff. I didn't have that experience. I already knew when I watched it somehow. Oh man, that's the thing is like, I, I think the first time I saw Star Wars, I was five. Wow, five, six, yeah. Uh, and you know, especially for me, a lot of—I mean, I love the movies; they're great movies. And yeah. You know what? The prequels are terrible, but they're still—you know—if you're, they're meant for children. Okay, I'll tell you this: for as much hate as everybody gives the Star Wars, the prequels, even the—you know—mostly the geeks, right? You know, everybody. Yeah. Oh, oh, blah, yeah. blah, 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 right, right. If you walked into somebody's house that had a theater room and Star Wars was playing and there was nothing else going on in the house, you'd most likely sit down and watch it. Oh, absolutely. So quit talking shit. It's it's enjoyable if you haven't seen it everyone. It's like a uh like a shitty Britney Beer Britney Spears pop song or like Katy Perry that you don't really want to admit that you watch sometimes or you know, sing or that you know the words to it. It's like how do you know the words if you haven't watched it at least one more than once? You're like, okay, fine. I've listened to it more than once, but I don't actually like the song. It sucks balls. It's like, oh, okay, sure, 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 <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But another big thing for me, especially in the Star Wars universe, were the games. The Star oh, sure. Wars. Uh, and uh, GOG.com, yeah. uh, they've been running big sales on all, nice. these, all the Star Wars games. You can get, nice. I think, 15, 15 or 20 Star Wars games for 20 bucks. Are there any issues with like uh, modern day computers running these such old games? Well, and that's that's what GOG does is they make uh, they 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 make their own custom DOS boxes, especially for the old games, to make sure they wow. do run 
on your computer. That that's why What a service. You, what a you, service. If you want to buy an old game, GOG.com, good old games. Is is Do they got Sim Tower on there? I don't know. Um being that this is an EA product, I would guess not, uh just because EA is EA. But you know, they uh they just showed off Star Wars Rebellion, which was one of my all time favorite Star Wars games. Uh Rebel Assault. I don't know. Did you, I know I thought we played that together. Maybe not, but uh, we might have. I don't remember. Another great Star Wars game. Uh Rebel Assault is like sometimes you're like on the ground shooting stormtroopers, other times you're in space, or like a rail shooter kind of thing. So oh, good. fun. Oh yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. Um they have all the Jedi Knight games, like the, all the Dark Forces games. You can get like the original Dark Forces for two bucks, I think. Why is it why is it in German? I have no idea. GOG.com. I am definitely on their German for site. It's all in what are the German what is their what is their name for their currency? The Euro? Euro, yeah. It's all in Euro. That's weird. It must be something with your router cuz you must be piping through a German IP right now. Why? I I don't know, but I'm looking at it right now and it's good. Like I'm fine. So so they right now they have two bundles. They have the blaster bundle and the saber bundle. The saber bundle is Dark Forces, Dark Forces Two, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Knight Academy, uh, Kotor. Oh, okay, I fixed it. Kotor that Two. That was really strange. Sorry, y'all. Empire at War, Battlefront Two, Republic Commando, and Star Wars Starfighter. So. Like, Ooh, they got Tie Fighter. Oh, so good. They got X Wing. Mm-hmm. Those were fun, right? Oh, they're they're fantastic space sims. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If you if you've never played Tie Fighter, Tie Fighter is actually better than X Wing. Yeah. A game. It's one of those things where it was the second game, and they just everything that was in X Wing that was good, they just perfected in in Tie Fighter. You know the controls were better. The graphics right, were better. Yeah. It was just they they learned so much and they took all that feedback and said, "Oh yeah, we'll just put it into." Uh... Sure. Now, the opening mission in X Wing versus Tie Fighter, so much fun because you're taking down a Super Star Destroyer. So oh, good! It's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited for the future of the um, getting to use a. Uh... Uh, virtual reality, Oculus Rift, oh. and take down a Star Destroyer or something. Oh, I want it. I want oh, it I so want bad. It. I want it. I, I need so, that in my life. I that's that is because there is there, someone is making a space uh, MMO in Oculus. <laughs> that I, I saw. That game looks insane. And that, that when I saw because I've used the Oculus, it's really cool. It is. I mean, I, I I won't even try to front. It's really cool. It's really cool. But I wasn't. Did you use the second version? No, but it was V one, and it oh, was wow. still really cool. Okay. Uh, so, but anyway, Same you know, something. we're like that's the, the that was the first time where I looked at an Oculus game and went, yes, yes, take my money, take it now, just tell me where to send the check and I will send that check right now. <laughs> like that was the first time where I just went. Yes, this is what it I, was meant to be. 
Yeah, I I am. Man, how cool would it be to watch the new Star Wars movie with an Oculus Rift? That would be Being cool. able to just look around and stuff. Or that new HoloLens from oh, Microsoft. Microsoft. Oh, man. We have to talk about we have to talk about what Microsoft is doing right now because it is cool. The HoloLens. So for those who haven't seen it, um, it's Google Glass, but what we always hoped Google Glass would be. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They they run on uh, Windows 10 software, so you can write you know VLC. When VLC writes their Windows 10 app, you can have a player and just sit somewhere on the wall if you want to be. And it'll it'll remember from room to room. So if you have a room set up with different holograms at different places, as you move from room to room, the HoloLens will recognize that and those things will be there. And also, like with a video player, if you want it to follow you from room to room, you just say follow and it just moves in your vision with you. You can make as big or as small as you want. On the demonstration that they showed you, it didn't move with your vision. It just followed you where it was in relation to you. Right. So yeah. he's looking at it and he says follow. And it's to his left and thing. And when he turns around, it just stays right where it is. But when he walks away, it just stays there. So he can constantly kind of just look back at his entertainment. And then he gets to where he wants to go. And he grabs it with his hand, moves it to the new section on the wall, like in the kitchen that he's going to be hanging out. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And it's scalable. And he just drags it against like half the wall. And he's got this f- giant screen yeah. watching. What was he watching? Like YouTube or something on it? it yeah, was I think it was a movie trailer. Incredible. Oh, it, yeah, it was, it was nuts. And it was incredible. Because I, um, I had a Windows phone for two years. And it's literally, I've, I've used all, all the OSs, and it's the best phone OS by far. But they just don't have the apps. But the right. big thing they did this year is inside of Visual Studio, which is their programming environment, they mm-hmm. built in translators for Android and iPhone apps. So depending wow. on how you've written your app, you literally have to make zero changes to put it on the Windows phone. That's exciting. It just reads it and spits out a Windows app for you. It's so cool. And they're also doing universal apps. So you can write one app, right? One program, and it'll run on Windows desktop, Windows phone, tablets. Windows Hollow. You have Windows Hollow, everything. Just Which one is app. exciting that you just write a program on your, for your phone and it, you'll be able to drag it your phone and put it up on your wall if you're wearing the HoloLens. Oh. Did you actually read in the article how it actually works? I didn't. No, I just watched the it's video. It's a laser projecting 3D hollow images on your eyes. It's not sending the sim- signal to the screen or to a thing that you have to look at and focus on. It's actually projecting the image straight to your retina, which has its advantages of being very high detail and very, very scalable. Fast. It does have disadvantages that they haven't talked about yet. You know, me being my typical internet pessimism, I looked up, like, what's wrong with the HoloLens? Stuff in your peripheral vision has very low detail. It's very true. You have to be looking directly at the image for it to be. So that being said, if you drag something like IMAX size and you start to pull the, the, image, you know, the image past your main center of your, you know, how your eyes work, you have, like, the the main parts in the middle that really see detail, and then you have the outside parts that see peripheral. If you get too far into the outside, you won't see the image. So, like, IMAX screens start to break down. So you can't, like, have a movie theater in your house. 
you also can't have stuff over here on your periphery. You won't have like 180 degree vision like your eyes do. Like you'll have high, you know, it won't be quite like uh, Master Chief's helmet and Halo. But this is the first version, right? So we could see them adding two more on the sides to add the the peripheral. Right. So, right. but anyway, it's one of those things where I I watched that happen and just went, wow, wow. How badass was the the camera they had? Oh, that was cool too. That was seeing what he was seeing in real time, and it was rendering the second hollow image. I was like, oh wow, that has major implications. That mean you were going to be able to put a, a team of people are going to be able to put on hollow glasses and see the final product that somebody wants built or yep. that we're all working together. It's like, no, I think this car needs this here, and my hands will be dragging and moving it. And then the guy's like, no, 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 no. And it comes over and wipes it off, and it all goes back to the original design. And he's like, I think we got to do it like this. And you're like, ah, save. See, and then you erase it, you know? I was, I was interested in, they have, I haven't seen least discussed, is sharing images. That's what I was just talking about, having a, a five people in a room working on the design of a car. Right. All seeing the same hollow image in the middle of the room. It'll, a life-size version of the car they're working on. Mm-hmm. It will change how things are developed completely. completely. Or I'm sitting here with my hollow images on, or maybe Microsoft's version of VR, if they do it, that integrates this kind of technology. And I'm seeing through your eyes, and I get to draw stuff on it. So it's drawing things in your 3D environment. So I'm like, no, put the pipe right here and churn right here, you know, and... So with I'm the HoloLens, so is it the end of television? Is it one of those things where you for just, me for me it is because you could I put it by the, the entire of, wall it could be a TV according to your your vision you know that's something in two years I won't have a TV or a screen for my computer guaranteed Oculus Rift or this HoloLens stuff will take over that type of space in my environment I think. I don't. I w- I could see myself coming home and putting putting that on, like you just like when you get home, you get out of the shower, you're done. You're like, all right, time to relax, and you just put on your entertainment and you go about gardening or working on your RC car or whatever. But you can you know drag the little Twitch screen in here, and then when you get, you're like, oh, wow, I gotta watch this, and you just make it big and you just lean back and watch it, and then you're like, all right, that was crazy, and you put it back and you go to what. It really is like the the future of multitasking for us, I think. It'll be fun, dude. It'll be, it's crazy. It, it, that is, because yeah, I was uh, watching Build, uh, watching some of the keynote, and I didn't get to the HoloLens part because I had some meetings. Right. And so, like, 8 o'clock that night, one of my friends texted me, he's like, did you see the HoloLens demo? And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. He's like, oh, you have to see it. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. So I watched sure. it, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, you're right. You win. <laughs> you win. It's awesome. <laughs> with this type of technology over the Internet, with, like, the really fast Internet that we'll have, because eventually we'll be able to communicate extremely quickly, like low ping, you know, mm-hmm. once everything gets finely fibered. We'll be able to play board games. on your, You'll have it on your, you know, um, coffee table, and I'll have it on my coffee table. It will be rolling virtual dice and stuff. Well, especially if you got a camera facing you to where it, if it could draw you, you you know, I could see you, oh my you know, goodness. think You're about that. Way. About put, 
You're talking about like connecting the connects from my living room, uh-huh. so it can project half of my living room to, and half of your living room, and right. there could be that little edge, like something out of an anime cartoon. It's like this is so weird. Because I mean, that's where it's going, <laughs> right? So you have like your well, webcam. Just now, we just know, thought of it. Yeah, you, but you have like your webcam, like we're talking now. But instead of you know a yeah. 2D on the screen, it's a 3D model. Which it, which would seem like something like the steam tower for their VR could do their pretty well. Yeah, the lighthouse. Lighthouse, yes, the lighthouse. And so I don't know, man. There's so many cool, so many cool things. The future's here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just, yeah. I mean, if talking about the future and the the celebration of you know all of the cool stuff that we're gonna get, you know how Elon Musk is talking about the AI summoning the demon. Uh huh. And then there's a lot of people talking about uh, we're not we're forever away from AI. Well, I was listening to a podcast and they were um, the interviewer asked the guy like, "What are you most afraid of?" And he goes, "I would have to say AI." And then he gives this whole you know conversation about how most people will say it's not that big a deal, and he's like, "Yeah, but I'm friends with the friends that I'm friends with the people that Elon Musk are friends with," and he's like, "I've talked to those guys." And he goes, it's just a bunch of people with Asperger's and Red Bull in closets working on these programs that are going to save the world and kill us all at the same time. And then he starts to break down why AI is so actually scary. Oh, yeah. And there, there is the potential that you could create a program that accesses the sum of all human intelligence, you know, the Internet, right, that can break it down, organize it, extrapolate you know, theories and test them and uh, come up with, you know, working models that are better than the version that it has, make better versions of itself, use those models and the information that it has to extrapolate new tests and theories, and it can do all of that. And with the power and the speed at which it can do it, within a week it could simulate probably 20 million genius worth of hours of concentration. Like if we had, a, you know... 20 million geniuses working for an hour would get about the same amount of work done. And that's scary, because that's like all of the sum of human intelligence ever in about a week. But the really crazy part is a week after that, when it's about a hundredfold. And then the week after that, when it's about a hundredfold of that. And then a week after that, you know, it's just like it's this, the curve of exponential, it becomes godlike in less than two weeks or something, you know? And it's just like... He talks about it. It could do all of that and never be aware. It could be an unconscious and super intelligence that would have no awareness of itself in a meaningful way like we do. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I was like, oh, well, that is an interesting thing. Or you could have one. He was giving like some thought experiments like... um. Oh, let me try to remember exactly what he said. Like, one of them was like, you can create a super intelligence, general intelligence, like AI, that could extrapolate from, like, like the, well, one of the things he said is that we have a supercomputer now that can beat somebody at chess, but it can't play checkers. So we can create very intelligent, specific machines. But what we can't do is make a machine that can get play chess and then extrapolate the stuff out of chess to be used in checkers and the stuff out of checkers to be used in Chinese checkers. He's like, once we have a machine that can do that, it's when we need to be afraid. 
but he gave an example of like you could create a machine to solve um like California's like water problem. Right. But if you don't give it very specific instructions on how to solve that problem, it could just be like, well, the problem is all the humans taking all the water and it just kills all the humans. It's like you don't give an example of how to solve that problem. It just could. So you have to be very careful with the architecture of the software itself, which most likely could be rewrote by the program within the first couple rewrites of the, of the system. And it's just like, oh, you know what? I know a kid with Asperger's. And I know how smart Isaac Newton was, and they think he had Asperger's. It's that functional, autistic scale of where they're not quite too far gone, you know, where they can really work on numbers and crunch things. And it's just like, I, I could see how they could accidentally stumble across something that's too good. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's something in sort of the Avengers, uh, the new one. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. One, two, three, four. Okay. So if you're still listening, you don't care. But it's part awesome. of it is all about how uh, Tony Stark tries to do something so good that it becomes bad. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know he he tries to make this program to save the world and ends up trying to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, we're there. Oh. Like I think I said this last week too. I I never thought we would see AI. But now yeah. I, I'm now I am sh- almost certain we will see it in my life. You, you know what Stephen Hawking? He was interviewed, and they're asking him, you know, stuff about AI, and he goes, "Well, let me tell you what I think about AI in a story." And the interview goes, "Okay," and he goes, um, "Humans create AI, and it's the most powerful machine, you know, the creation, or you know, the most powerful thing ever, right?" And we ask it, "Is there a god?" And it you know, as it becomes self-aware, it goes, there is now, and a lightning bolt hits the uh, the power outlet and fuses the uh, thing so you can't unplug it. It's like, that could be the scariest thing ever. You know, it's just like, is there a God? It's like, yes, there is, and it's I'm here now. It's like, you could create something that powerful, because once it has the potential to go exponential on itself, it's right? Isn't that over. how that works? Isn't that yeah, how that works? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, that's how they it, theorize it, can... it works anyway. In theory, it can produce, it can evolve so much faster than humans can, right. because there's there's no physical limitations. It doesn't have to eat. It doesn't have to sleep. It is whatever you know. It it's it's also not limited by the size of its brain. It could just keep taking over server rooms and supercomputers and server rooms and supercomputers and tying them into a bigger and bigger network. Right. Like it does have the potential to just expand across the whole network. Right, and but it's also one of those things. I mean, could you imagine how much more you would do if you never had to sleep? Like you never, it's not like you just never got tired. There was no physical physical need to sleep. And it could be multi-strain awareness. Like there's no reason it's just fa- you know focused on one subject. Like my mind would be. It could be solving all several you know several different problems at once. Yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. It's just, yeah. It's. And it is all, a scary thought. It is a scary thought. And with all the stuff that uh, tech companies are doing with self-driving cars, I'm pretty sure we're going to get Decepticons. Instead, you know, this, the cars are going to rise up and kill us all <laughs> instead of, like, androids. <laughs> you're you're going to have evil, movie? evil um, kits running around. You think Skynet's going to be a car? Yeah. yeah instead of, you know, androids, they're going to take over the cars and just kill us all. 
That would be funny. Right? Be do you remember the show Knight Rider? With the talking. No, oh, no, 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 no. I do remember the movie Knight Rider. But what was the maximum overdrive where the aliens uh, send a signal down and it hotwires all of the cars and all of the cars go on murderous rampages and they're killing everybody? <laughs> it's like an 80s like horror movie. And they end up like on a base of like an army base, and there's like the six wheeled thing with a machine gun, and it's trying to. Show. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be like, dude. Yep, we're gonna build all these different robots for our wars. We're we're already doing that. We're building nanobot, not nanobots, but like microbots swarming stuff that the the uh, navy's gonna be launching out of missiles and stuff. The missile launches and explodes and releases all of these nanobots, like quad, not nanobots. I keep saying that for some stupid reason, but it releases these micro quads. That will finish finding their targets with the explosives at the end. Oh, that's so terrifying! Like one day you're gonna call an Uber and it's gonna run right through your house. And it's gonna like shoot over the curb, spin around, and like try to hunt you down. It's like I thought you wanted a ride. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Oh, it already is. It already is, man. Oh, it is definitely crazy, but it's not like the next like five years promises to be. It's very as crazy true. as the last five years, the next five years promise to be insane. Well, I just I I like to think of, uh, what was it seven seven years ago? The iPhone came out. Just seven years ago, the original iPhone came out. Just how much things have changed since that. And now we're we're talking about HoloLens and augmented reality and people always being, very literally always being online. You know, not it's like so very weird. Not like we are now, where we're just you know, uh, you know, we're basically always online, but we have we still have the interaction. But now you know the HoloLens, you could just have you know your Twitter feed just rolling always in the in the corner of your vision. You just whenever you want to check Twitter, you just look up at it. What's really crazy is the way that HoloLens works is you can position it behind you. So yeah. when you really want to look, you just like look around and like actually check. So it's never even, it never even is evasive at all. You put like, you know, stuff like here. Right you above know, so you? Yeah, you yeah, can look up. It could be like a CNN ticker tape, like a whole 42-inch screen with just all these different tickers, all your, you know, social networks. You could look up and then if it becomes interesting, you could drag it down where you could actually see it easier. You could scale it and bring it closer and stuff, and uh, yeah, it's super man, cool, man. I'm I, excited, <laughs> very excited, dude. Well, and especially with what Facebook is doing with the because you know Facebook owns Oculus, right? You know they're talking about doing um, you know digital Facebook in Oculus, basically walking around Facebook. You'll be able to walk through Facebook and see the actual network of how people are connected, because there's no reason you couldn't do it in 3D. If you just see the, you know, the network's going up, you could just, you know, grab onto the the node and pull it down, and just walk through, and you know, the pictures would be rendered. And eventually, we're going to start taking pictures with 3D cameras, and they'll be rendered in 3D in the virtual reality, even if they're not rendered on 3D images. Have you? Because seen- once we move to an augmented reality system, we'll have to have a way to take 3D images so the computer can at least get half of it and extrapolate the rest of it. Right. Have you seen the um, 
the cameras that they take a picture and they let you focus on any point in the picture. So you like, if you want to focus on something, you click on it and it, that comes into focus. My phone does that. If that's what you mean. No, but what it is, is you, you take a picture, like you, you take it. Oh, you're talking about something with like a really high megapixel. Like it can do all kinds of crazy stuff. If you have a high enough resolution, Right, but uh-huh. I was I was reading this article in the Wall Street Journal, and so what it is is right, and so they had all these pictures where they would take something was super up close, and there was stuff in the mm-hmm. background. If you want to look at right. the background, you just click on the background, and it became crystal clear. But if you want to see the flowers in the foreground, you click on the flowers, and it became crystal clear. That's cool. Oh yeah, it's really cool stuff. Sounds like a high end program running that. Well, I mean. Would have been five years ago. I doubt it is a big deal nowadays. Your phone probably can do it. <laughs> the new uh, the new S six is such a machine, dude. Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. running fourteen nanometer circuitry in it. It's the first processor ever to do it. It's running to the point where it's becoming difficult because the uh, quantum law allows it to jump across the the silicon barriers. So your electrodes are being able to jump just because of quant. They're just disappearing and coming back on a different path. <laughs> The fuck? That's so small. It's funny, is like how much more powerful my phone is than a lot of the computers I owned. Most a of lot the compu- of them. A lot of them. More RAM, more hard drive, more processing power, better quad core. You know, dual yeah. core, quad cores, the whole, the whole bit, man. It's that's nuts. It's just nuts. Yeah, the i six, the iPhone six can render some amazing graphics for oh, the. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Like there's there's um. There's a film, I think, at Canes, or going to be at Canes, that was shot entirely on an iPhone 5S. There's one every year that's been shot on an iPhone, and they get better every year. That's, that's the scary part, is, you know, they're all... I think some of them are even edited on the phone itself. It's all That's just... crazy. That's dedication, though. You should just drag that shit over to a Mac. Do it like the rest of the world. Four realsies. I, now yeah. you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there. I'm not a big Mac guy, but there's some softwares I would love to get that are on Mac and Mac only. I just wish I had the financial freedom to own the badass Mac and my PC rig. Like there are things that Macs do that I wish mine I could own, and I wish my like, if I had my choice, I would own one of the MacBook. The MacBook Airs. Oh, those are you know, so nice. Pros. Yeah, yeah. For just hanging out on the the couch, like surfing the net, like just clicking on anything I feel like, you know, not worrying about Windows rot in three years, like that, you know, it'd be good for the next five, ten years. It'll be just as good <laughs> as the day you bought it. But, yeah. but they're also like three times the price. Oh yeah, you can get a good Windows Ultra book for six hundred bucks. Yep. Or less, exactly. depending. Exactly. So, and the yeah. new Surface is pretty cool too. Oh, so. I love the Surface. I love. Mm-hmm. My wife has a Surface One, and it was cool. But I mean, they've really perfected it at this point. It's just so. Yeah, it's the Surface just, Three is cool. It's too expensive for what it is. Mm-hmm. That's, exactly. Th- that's my problem. It's just mm-hmm. for the twelve hundred dollars. I can, yeah. you know, I can get it. You know, I can get a really good laptop for twelve hundred right. bucks. Right, like a really mm-hmm. good laptop for twelve hundred bucks. 
really good desktop for twelve hundred dollars. Twelve hundred bucks builds you a hell of a rig for. But it's know. also you know it's also that it's, it's that form factor you know so it's it's a, it's a tablet too so it's got the size and the weight and the whole bit so I mean if I was if I was still traveling a lot like I used to for work I would mm-hmm. really consider it really really consider the uh, the surface because it's so nice just being able to put that thing in your backpack and go instead of having right, to look around the laptop. That's the nice thing right. about the Ultrabucks, because they're so light, you know, that you yeah. don't even feel them. Um, and you can charge the battery that lasts like 11 hours. It only takes like an hour to charge. Yeah. 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 We were talking about the Oculus Rift. Uh-huh. You know, um, you know those robots? Like, say some kid has like some disease that doesn't let him get out of the house. Well, you know how they've had those robots that they put like an iPad on and then he can Skype and he can control the iPad and he can go to school on remote well, personal something somethings remote, they, remote presence devices I think is what they're called yeah telepresence experience yeah telepresence anyway um, yeah I guess telepresent robots is what this article is calling them but there's uh, people that are going to be using the Oculus Rift and then using two cameras to give you a 3D effect and um, being able to control the robot. So I guess even for people that aren't going just to school, but like say like a bomb technician, it's going to give him a 3D virtual reality movement of the, you know, the, the creature's, the robot's head and vision and stuff so he'll be able to really work with things. I think it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I think that is really cool. I'll send you the link. Okay. Oh. So, you know, with all this stuff going on, what do you, like, hope it... Like, if we've talked about how terrible things can go, like, what do, what do you see as, you know, the good that it can actually do? It could potentially... You could potentially see it solving all of our problems, okay, and implementing implementing solution to those problems without us actually doing anything, right? It just cleans up the environment and fixes stuff, and it just runs fiber everywhere because it needs it. And it just connects and just runs all that. So we could become a society that we of just pure leisure. There is potential for it to become a utopia, because there's no reason that it couldn't create factories that could, you know, with 3D printing. So it 3D prints the parts that it needs to create bigger 3D printers that create bigger robots that it uses to clean up the ocean and it uses to clean up the atmosphere and it uses to save the wells and it, you know, assuming that the thing has the, like the perfect benign intelligence of a god and is a of like a, that isn't, you know, yeah, that isn't a bad god of power. Like it's just a, if you got the perfect version of it, you could live in the, um, the time travelers version of the future, which has its own potential of bad and good, right? But for me, it means that I have all of the toys that I want to play with, right? Like it takes care of most of my debt. Things become so, there's no reason for guns or government or anything because we have 3D replicators on the corners of, you know, everywhere we need. We have abundant energy because it figures out uh, solar panels, you know, just that kind of utopia existence, which I'm not hopeful for. Don't get me wrong, 
but you just asked me like what could go perfectly right. Yeah, it could it, fix everything. If if everything didn't if everything didn't go sideways, it could create time travel, or it could create the singularity that is the Big Bang, and it turns out the whole goddamn universe is just fractal, and we're just creaning head under the the end that is the beginning, off in the Omega. It, you know, there's a lot of things that would ring real true and be poetic at the end if that kind of stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, I would. It's very, very big thoughts today. Yeah, if you had you lots know. of future, lots of futuristic talk today on the podcast. So while I'm thinking about it, what is okay. your recommendation for this week? So you know, Ryan. Um, I was gonna have one that was all sappy like you from last week. That was like, enjoy your life. Or be happy, or like <laughs> kick the asshole out of your life that doesn't need to be in your life. We all know who you're, we all know who I'm talking about right now. You got that one guy. Tell him to fuck off and get you know lose your number. And so there's those, but I don't think I'm gonna go with that one because I don't know. We did we did it last week and we've done a bunch of. I don't really feel like it. That's what it is. That's the reason. But <laughs> if you're listening to this, that means you're. Well, if you're listening to this, that means you're really into podcasts and you're scraping the you're bottom really of the barrel. Really bored. <laughs> <laughs> really bored. So, I assume that you're into podcasts if you're listening to this one. And I found what I believe to be one of the best podcasts ever. Like, just truly, it's unbelievable that something of such quality would be free. Okay. But it's um, Radio Lab by NPR. Okay. And it is just extremely high produced, extremely good ideas and interviews. And what's really, really cool about this, how it works, is it's two hosts. They talk about the general idea, which is always a story. They're like a story kind of based thing. But it'll be stories about ideas. And then they'll go to like the person who's doing the interview, like on the scene. And that person will record everything. So like them going into the, the store or them sitting down to talk, you hear the furniture creaking and it's just such high production and you hear the noises. And if they talk about like a foghorn, you'll hear the sound of the foghorn and it'll be edited in in such a truly high production way. It's just something I, I highly recommend that all people listen to it. I think it will better your life. So, And I, that's how I use these recommends. Is if you did everything I recommend you did, your life would be slowly becoming better. Like, you know, by my design, I guess. I don't know. I sound pretentious when I say that, I guess, when I said it out loud. But that's the idea. Is these are all things that would, you know, in general, would just raise your quality of life up slightly. And this is one of those things that would really do it. Very nice. Very nice. So. Yeah, I have been, I haven't been doing much podcast listening as of late. I, uh, well, I ran out of goddamn Dresden files because the asshole isn't writing more of them. <laughs> so I'm just stuck on podcast right now. Well, the thing think. is, I started listening to some new books. So wow, that's, nice. Um, you can't complain too much. I, I started listening to Snow Crash. Any idea? Didn't even ring a bell, dude. Okay, well, the thing is, is it was, I want to say it was published in 92. And it's very, it's, I think it's actually one of the first cyberpunk novels out there. Fun, fun. And it was, it's really kind of refreshing because he has to explain everything in the book. What is an avatar? 
it's you know none, none of these things that we take for granted in terms of ideas like avatars and virtual reality because he has to explain it all i'm like oh this is kind of nice right you know and right. It's, it's very you can tell a lot of ideas about vr came from this book like you can just tell it you know it's soup it's really good so far it's it's in this weird dystopian future where uh franchises run everything like big bob's court of law and <laughs> just random you know you know all the it's, it's, it's just fun I, I i would recommend anyone listen to it the reader is okay but i mean being as old as it is i'm not i'm not he's good for the time i guess that's probably the best right 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 yeah it's not not yeah. now where they were professional readers Right. You know, I, I was uh, I was reading this uh, article in the Wall Street Journal about the Ooh. people who make their living from reading audiobooks. Like some of these people have a hundred, two hundred books that they've read, and that's that's how they make their living is yeah, reading audiobooks. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, there, cool. there's this there's this wonderful extension in Chrome and Firefox that lets you read a Wall Street Journal for free. So you know it's out there. Nice. Not saying I use it, but it's it's there just just for people yeah, reference. yeah, just, you know, referencing yeah. whatever. Oh, that reminds me. We're just me. saying that somebody should take care of that. That's all we're mentioning. That's right. So hopefully this gets into the appropriate authorities' hands. <laughs> That's all the only reason we're mentioning that. Um. So I finished my project of ripping all my Blu-rays to my hard drive. And this now week. you need a new hard drive. Uh, well, I've got about 900 gigs left. On so a about four, two weeks worth. On a four terabyte hard drive. I've got about <laughs> nine. But it's nice. Yeah, I have 190 movies. Damn, dude. I didn't realize there were that many. It doesn't look like that many on the shelf. Like when you're just looking at them, you know, all stacked up, it doesn't look like a big deal. But I have so many... Uh, like so many multi packs, because I like almost like the Star Trek ones. You know, they're it's it's a pack about this wide for all six of the original Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. And I have another one about that size for all the generations. I have twelve, twelve or th- twelve or thirteen Star Trek movies right now. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have the new ones as well, which we can get in the whole debate on whether or not it's really Star Trek. But you know. Whatever. It's not, and they suck. Uh, the Big first boys. one was terrible. The second one wasn't bad, uh, but they're not. And I've expl- I've I've described it this way ever since I saw the first one. They're really good sci-fi movies, and they're terrible Star Trek movies. Like if if they, if they didn't... wouldn't tied in with the old Spock and that whole pink matter, and he was going to go blow up some planet. That's so not Star Trek. And because it sets a tone for people like me and you, it just ruins the whole tone of the show. They should, If they wanted to do a reboot, just do a goddamn reboot, and then you could have made it as fun and as crazy as you wanted, and people like me and you would have accepted it better. Right. Cause you should have tried to tie it in with the old Leonard nope. Nimoy. Yep. It was bullshit, man, and that whole ship and time travel and There's ruined like, it. Like alternate timeline, like, really, guys? You're going to pull yeah. out the alternate timeline card? This is the dumbest play in the book. Seriously terrible. Seriously, besides, seriously terrible. Besides, if, if it was a real Star Trek show, they would have fixed it in 45 minutes. That's right. The whole timeline would have been back to normal. <laughs> Stupid show. 
Yeah, we don't have to debate that at all. <laughs> but they were a blast to watch. Well, and that's the thing. Like, like I said, they're really it's good awesome sci-fi movies. Yeah. Like, I would have watched the shit out of it, if it, but it just bothered me. It's like, that's not Kirk. That's not... This, right. is, this is... Well, you know what bothered me more? Is what? the young Spock wasn't Spock. Yeah, he way wasn't too cold. emotional and way too fucking... Yeah, he, he didn't have the right humor Spock would have. He didn't... You know, just not right at all. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The... Uh, yeah, if 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 it, if it wasn't Star Trek, I would have loved. Actually, I probably would have really enjoyed it. But the entire time I'm watching, I'm going, "This isn't right. This isn't right." It was just yeah. wrote by an. It was wrote by somebody who wasn't a true fan. Well, it was wrote for the masses. Is what it, it was wrote by somebody who wasn't a true fan. Yeah. You could have wrote it for the masses and had it that crazy and fun and still been true to Star Star Wars. There's just a certain. There was just a certain flavor they missed. There was just a certain feel that just wasn't there for like a real Star Trek fan. Yeah, no, definitely. It's the same reason the last Star Trek with uh, what is it, Nemesis? Yeah, Nemesis. That's the reason all of the fans of Star Trek feel like that one doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't like the quantum vibrations to st- you know use Star Trek terminology. It's off. The reason is is the guy who directed it purposely did not watch any movies or shows or anything about the Star Trek universe. He's like, I wanted to come at it from a fresh point of view and talk to the actors and get this new kind of fresh, you know, it's just a bunch of high school, I mean, high, high school, Hollywood fucking jargon for being lazy. <laughs> I wouldn't accept that one until I'd watched every goddamn show they'd made and movie. Oh, yeah. It's oh. like a Lord of the Rings, somebody making the Lord of the Rings with being like, well, I didn't want to read the books. I just wanted to come at it from a fresh new take and point of view. Fucking shut up, man. Or at least, you know, get the cliff notes. Something. No, no, what he did is he got the actors from the last time they made a movie. He's like, I wanted to use these guys. They kind of know what's going on. Stupid bullshit. Yeah, Nemesis, Nemesis was terrible. Beyond terrible. Yeah. Beyond terrible. The only thing that was good in that was the fights between the two ships. It was the first time you got to see, like, space battles in real 3D rendered like where they're flying and trying to get position on each other and it was like a pirate's battle in 3d you know space and invasive maneuvers the ships actually moved you know what i mean it was if you want to see a good movie for that kind of stuff watch wing commander it's a terrible movie don't get me wrong it's terrible i haven't seen it. but the space battles are really good epic yeah yeah well and everything you know, sort of in the Wing Commander universe is based off of World War II kind of designs. So, like, the spaceships kind of look like airplanes. But, but they have all these movements fun. in their... It's actually kind of fun. Yeah, it's... It was uh, Freddie Prince Jr. I don't know if you remember when that guy was a thing back in the early 2000s. A little bit, yeah. It reminds yeah. me of something for some reason. I don't know why, though. He was in... I think the big movie with him was She's All That was, was the movie. Was he the good-looking blonde? No, black hair. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a terrible movie. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I will not lie to you; it's a bad movie. But the space battles are really good. <laughs> okay, okay. So, if you want to watch some space battles? The Prometheus movie sucked. Epic shit was epic. Uh, yeah, Prometheus wasn't terrible. Uh, you're it wasn't. Good, but it wasn't bad. 
was I never yeah. watched that movie because you know it's it's Ridley Scott. You're like, oh my god, you gotta go see Ridley Scott. So we went. And, you saw it in like the IMAX or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where it uh, was just the overwhelmingness of the movie made you I think just, it was good. It's just one of those things where you're just like, yeah, I got a little bored, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world. <laughs> As a spectacle goes, it was probably awesome. As a movie goes, not so much. It's not going to win yeah. any awards. But I can think of a lot worse movies. That's the, that's the problem. That's I've not seen, saying something. <laughs> I've seen that's so many movies I can go much. like, yeah, well, it's better than most of the movies I've seen because most movies okay. are terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mm. As bad as I can actually tell you the worst movie I've ever seen off the top of my head. It's, it was that bad. It left, left such an impression that I can... It has to be pretty fucking bad because I have no idea what the worst one is I've seen. The worst one I've seen is Cold Creek Manor. Cold Creek Manor? Yeah, it was Dennis Quaid. It was supposed to be sort of a haunted house kind of movie, but yeah, it, was just, I get that. it was terrible. And the thing is, is it came out when I was in college, just like oh three oh four. I mean, I think okay. I was a freshman, and I really, really wanted to go see Eternal Sunshine. Uh, yeah, oh, the Spotless Mind, the Spotless Mind, which is a fantastic movie. Fantastic, movie. love that movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, the girls wanted to go see this. Those are girls of pussy. And yeah, and I was like, like, and I. I was there the entire time going, no, guys, this is terrible. We, we should Trust not me. go see this movie. Trust we me. should go see Eternal Sunshine. It's going to be amazing. Like, no, no, we want to do it. And the other guy Look, dude, I'm trying in the to get group wouldn't talk, back talk. me up. So we went and saw this terrible movie. It's, it's one of the few times where I walked out of a movie and literally <laughs> asked for my money back. I said, this like, movie is so man, terrible. I, I want my I money can't. back. <laughs> They'll give you your money back. If y'all didn't know that listening, they will give you your money back. Yeah. Uh, another really terrible one was uh, John Tucker Must Die. That was terrible as well. Yeah, you're talking about movies I wouldn't even waste, like bother even trying. That's weird. I don't know but why. But you're more of a movie guy. I don't know why we ended up seeing it, but it was at the Dollar Theater. On It was at the Dollar Theater on Half Price Night, so it was 50 cents to get it. <laughs> Holy shit. 50 and cents. I you know you're going still to still ripped horrible. off. And I still feel... <laughs> Like, this is a waste so, of energy. So bad. That's funny. It was. That is funny. It was worse than. Um, was it? No. Oh, damn it. Nick. No. The Nicolas Cage movie where he has a fiery skull. It's a comic book movie. Um, damn it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hellrider. Uh, <laughs> Hellrider? Hellraiser? Hell. Hellrider, Hellrider, Hellrider. Yeah, that sounds right. Hellrider, that's it. We got some guy, the, Steve on the bus, is yelling at us. It's fucking Hellrider. <laughs> the old lady's looking at him like, "What is he yelling about?" <laughs> so, you know what it's I, like to be that one. You know, listening to a podcast and you know the answer, and the 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 host just keeps talking about it. That's what it is. Ghost, Ghost Rider. Ghost fucking close enough. Close enough. It wasn't really worth knowing. I uh oh damn I just lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, it was a- so I've started to really hate iTunes when it comes to podcasts because you know I'm the I'm the person who checks all the statistics, right? You are, and iTunes 
all of our hits, which is about half of our hits, come through iTunes. And they mask all the data. All I know is they're coming from iTunes. I don't know where. Oh, I don't know who's listening or where they're listening from. Could be Sweden or Yeah, it could be anywhere. Korea. I have no idea. But you should We're not totally sure where Steve on the bus is actually us. at. You know, uh, you should totally email us at 42 podcast F-O-R-T-Y, the numeral two podcast at gmail.com. Totally email yep. us. Same Twitter, F-O-R-T-Y-2 podcast. Uh, totally hit us up. We would love to interact with you. I know you're you listening. You can find us at that website, too. I know there are 14 people who listen to this podcast, and I would love to hear from one of you. <laughs> that would be awesome. We'll totally give you a shout-out. Or not if you have anonymity issues. Yeah, if you're or an whatever, asshole. We'd, we'd, still like, we'd still like to hear from you. If you're an asshole about it, you know, well, we might uh, we might give you shit. But other than that, yeah, totally love to hear from you, all 14 of you. It's, all 14. You all can be 14. like the core. You can be like our 14 disciples. You, you, you send tell all your friends you, about your friends who do this awesome you, podcast. You send us emails, and we'll send you homework like Fight Club. <laughs> we, have, we have plans for y'all. You're special. You're going to be the beginning of something great. And that's so. how we went to jail. <laughs> we asked one of our listeners to do something, and they actually did it. <laughs> please don't. Well, we could. Please don't break any laws. We could enlist this like, podcast. Please, please don't break. We any. could enlist like legal things that could have a change on stuff. It's true. It's true. Go there was no nice will. In, there was no ill intents implied by those statements. <laughs> Quit trying to frame me for murder or something. <laughs> trying to send me to jail with your fancy words, you lawyer kid. Be nice to someone today. That is your mission. Is some someone this week that you don't know? Just go be nice to them. Tell them they're awesome, even though you don't know them. And then after that, tell somebody about us. Yes, in a good way. Don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be like, "Hey, man, I found the worst podcast." Do not listen to this podcast because it's fucking terrible. (laughs) Yeah, if you're that, if you if you're that guy, don't be that. Don't tell nobody. But while you're listening to this podcast, what was this episode fifteen? If you're still listening to this podcast. You it can't be that bad. Can't be that bad. Can't be that good. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we've only got fourteen. <laughs> well, I mean that's just well, time, anyway. right? I mean, <laughs> just take, it takes a little while to get going. <laughs> right, it's like a snowball. Start small. Start small. That's right. Well, speaking of, I, I haven't completely decided on this yet, but uh, we got a we got a new artist who has let us use their music, uh, Professor Shy Guy. Uh, awesome so, stuff. Um, samples a lot of video game music and raps over. It. It's very good. Uh, okay, cool. So, but we I have enough. We have enough artists that we um, can use their music. So I am thinking about starting a middle of the week music podcast. Okay, how be, does that work? It's going to be six songs. And all I'm going to do is like use like maybe the Windows text to voice. So all it's going to be is you know some computerized voice reading off the title of the song, the artist, the album, and that's it. And it's going to be the song, and it's just have Fun. six songs. So it'll be like it'll be like a twenty-five minute, thirty-minute podcast. But you're gonna get a couple songs from some really cool artists you've probably never heard of. You know, like our oh, our friends subscribe to that. Yeah, you know, like our friends iFi Dragons who have been awesome in letting us use their music for the entirety of our podcast so far. 
Hell yeah, those guys rock. They, I hear their stuff on a lot of cool nerd podcasts, though. Oh, so that's why I was excited when you said we could use them. I was like, hell yeah, we can be one of those guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fun. They are fun. They're they cool. Have a, they have um, a really good cover of the Power of Love, which is in um, Back <laughs> to the Future. Back to the Future. Yeah. Which uh, is the song that he's singing in the beginning of the movie when he's doing the talent show. Yep. And the guy that tells him he's too loud and they don't need him is Huey Lewis, which is the singer of Power of Love. He yep. makes a cameo to tell him that your song sucks, which is him saying his song sucks. Very meta and fun and cool. Very meta. Yeah, very little little Easter egg for anybody who didn't know. But Huey Lewis is the guy telling uh, Marty McFly he sucks in the beginning of the movie. So good. Oh, I love. I love. I mean, I like all the Back to the Future movies, but Back to the Future one is so good. It's so it's truly good. special. Truly special. But they're all, you know, if Back to the Future is a ten, then Back to the Future two is a nine and a half. And Back to the Future three is a lot of fun. It's a little weird, but it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's you a lot back of fun. with the West, you know, they go in the Western and right. Wild West mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So. But yeah, that's, so that's what I'm thinking about doing. So, you know, if you get a new, if you subscribe to the feed, you might see a new podcast popping up from us. I, I haven't decided on the name yet, but I'm thinking the Hump Day Sixer for, you know, because it's going to be six songs. We don't want to start another feed, another cast for it? Uh, we probably will. Uh, right, I think that will end up being better. I just got to figure out how to do it with the, with Podbean. Like I, there's okay. got to be there's got to be a way to do it, but have a second cast on the same. Yeah, website. without having to spend any more money. <laughs> yeah. This is important. Yeah. Um, yep. That's. I would subscribe. I'd listen. That'd be cool. Yeah, and so hopefully, eventually, you know, I can talk to enough people because you know I'm not gonna try to make any money off their music. I just like doing music stuff. And so it'd be fun to just be like, here you go. Here's six artists you've probably never, ever, ever heard. Or maybe a couple, you know, maybe do like three songs from two artists or two songs from three artists kind of deal. Yeah, I also think you shouldn't do that voice to text thing like you're talking about. I think you would do an awesome announcer's voice. And here's the next one. Blah, 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 blah. And then just record those and slide them in between. (laughs) Because you would do such a good job with it. You got that voice for it. I I I I have a face for radio. No, you. Have, well, that's true. That's true, Jacob. I love you and all, but no, no. But you have the greatest announcer, excited announcer voice on the goddamn planet. You think so? Yeah. If like things are going down, I want you announcing like the goal at the uh, the final World Cup game. Goal! You know, he's, he's breaking away. He's going for the the, the breaking away. He's got the. Ah! Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> you you do that so amazingly well. Maybe maybe I should start casting Dota games on the side instead of act like instead of playing it on Twitch. Start casting them on Twitch. So you know how um, you know Joe Rogan does a podcast, right? Well, you know how he's also the commentator for the UFC on big fights, right? Well, the fights that he's not the the main guy for the ones that are like on Fox and stuff. He does a podcast during. So him and his buddies will sit around all like watching this, uh, the fight, and then they just talk shit. So sometimes they're talking shit about like what's going on in the world today. So it's like a half podcast, half commentary, you know, discussion on the guy he fought before, the guy he fought, you know, after. But you're not getting a play by play because that's not why you're watching it. Because he assumes that you're watching it at the same time he is. So it's just kind of like you're hanging out with him. 
And I bet you could really do something awesome like that. Me and you could do that. That would be fun. That'd be fun. You could, me and you could be watching and you could be explaining to the parts to me that are important during the parts that are important. And then the parts that aren't, we could kind of carry with like general nerd culture conversations. Yeah. So I would do it with you. I would do it. The, uh, we, I finally sat down and watched some of the three and a half hour Dota game. <laughs> and so about two, yeah, you know, two, two hour, two and a half hour, two, two hour forty five minutes in, like you can tell these guys have no idea what to talk about because <laughs> no, nothing's ever lasted that long, and they 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 try to get super excited about what's going on, and they just can't. <laughs> like I, I gave them you know, a, for, you know, gotta give them an A for effort, but still, those guys. <laughs> So the 58 facts you probably didn't know about Star Wars. The problem is that I probably did. No. You uh, might. I you, doubt it. So are you looking at the BuzzFeed one? Which one did I click on? No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I clicked. I sent you the wrong thing. I thought I sent you the one to the, the one I was actually clicked on. But it's like the third one down, the Mashable one, I think. Okay. Yeah, Mashable. This is. I clicked on all three of them. This is the one that I found that was... It had the interesting information about the, the movie. But it's not trivia. It's just facts. Right, So, right. like, the word Ewok is never spoken in the original trilogy. No one ever says Ewok. Yeah. Even though in the titles, they're, they're titled Ewoks. That's where the name comes from. Stuff like that. Uh, I just was sending it to you, so maybe you put it in the show notes because May 4th is tomorrow. But, you know, just... There's nothing in here that I felt was like truly like awesome. InSync nearly had a cameo in Attack of the Clones. Boy band InSync made a cameo in Attack of the Clones at the request of George, Lu- George Lucas's daughter. They were edited out of the final cut, which is kind of bad now because you know Justin Timberlake is a pretty baller actor. That's true. Like I really like when you when everyone's like, oh, he's gonna start making movies. I'm like, this is gonna be terrible. But he's really good. Yeah, he does actually a pretty good job. But out of all of them, he was the talented one, so it makes sense. Yeah, I got all that Britney, you know, Britney booty. There's some stuff they talk about where the with the audio I found interesting. The sound of the TIE fighter engine, that you know, that high scream mm-hmm. is just um, Ellen, or Light Magic ILM, Industrial mm-hmm. Light Magic. It's just them messing with an elephant bellow. Yeah, that's an elephant noise, and then like Chewbacca's voice is just an electric mix of a bunch of different animals, like a bear, a wolf, walrus, a lion, badger. For some reason, in my head, since so many people can do such a good Chewbacca, I thought it was the actor just doing his version of Chewbacca. I was surprised to hear that it was added in later. Darth Vader is banned from all Star Wars events. David Powell, yeah, the actor who portrayed Darth Vader in form, not voice, because that was uh, James Earl Jones, is banned from attending official Star Wars conventions because George Lucas finds him annoying. That's probably changed now that he sold the company. Uh, probably, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, the tiny South Pacific island of New? Neil? I don't know. Except limited edition Star Wars collectible coins are legal tender. Wow, that's cool. 
Jabba the Hutt was originally meant to be furry. Huh. The lightsaber noise they got from a television. Yeah, I knew that. Harrison Ford wasn't almost was almost wasn't Han Solo. Burt Reynolds was a top contender to play Han Solo along with Al Pacino, Jack Nicholas, and Christopher Walken. God, Christopher Walken would have been terrible as Han Solo. Did you hear that um uh what's his name was a, a carpenter on the set? Uh for American Graffiti. Yeah, he was a carpenter yeah. on American Graffiti and that's how he got uh And then he got like a, a part or whatever from that and then ended up being famous. I like Harrison Ford all right, especially when he was younger. His newer stuff, his his I guess just kind of his general personality and stuff nowadays I don't like him too much, but he makes yeah. pretty good movies. Yeah, well, he had so many classic roles too. I mean, right. I think that's part of the hard part cuz he's he's Han, which Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, Blade the Runner. President. Oh, yeah, Jack Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, clear and present, well, clear and present danger, and Air Force One, Air Force One, and there was a third one. Patriot Games was the third Patriot one. Games. You know, which oh. is the continuation of the story of Hunt for Red October. Yes, yes, that is yeah. Jack Ryan from the submarine that's chasing down the Russian one. Yeah, I love that movie. I love what, Hunt for Red October. Oh yeah, it's you know those... a cool fact about Hunt for Red October? What's that? The original. The the first part of the movie is all in Russian, and it makes the changeover when the word Armageddon is spoke, because the word Armageddon is the same in English and in Russian. Huh. It's just a little touch that you don't really notice, but the beginning of the movie is on the Russian submarine and it's subtitled. Right. And when he's when they're talking about you know blah 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 and the, you know that whole somber scene about why they're defecting, or well they don't know they're defecting, but why they're going to do what they're doing. And they say Armageddon. Then they from then on, it's everything's said in English. Right. I thought I thought that was you know, but it, that was made by a truly great director. So, oh, absolutely, makes sense why it was such a good movie. I'm just trying to think, you know, because Harrison Ford, like I said, was also in Blade Runner, which is a classic. Um, and he's just been he has so many iconic roles. It's really hard for him to do anything else. So when yeah, he isn't right, just when right. he isn't super iconic, you're just like, well, yeah, whatever. Sure, that's a that's a curse. What a shame! What a oh. hard curse to have. Oh no, I've done too many good things. I can't do something bad. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. But he was terrible. Well, he, well, the, the movie itself was uh, Cowboys versus Aliens or Cowboys and Aliens or whatever came out like four years ago, I think. That I movie didn't see was just it. bad. Yeah, was it? Oh, it was. Um, Oh, what's her name? It's not Anne Hathaway. She was in Tron. She was in House. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, God, what's her name? I, I got to find it because it's going to bug me if I don't. <laughs> uh, Olivia Wilde. That's who is mm-hmm. else. Mm. She's pretty. Oh, she's... As, as one of my uh, favorite movie critics said... Thus proving the existence of a benevolent and merciful God is Olivia Wilde. <laughs> Proof that God exists and he wants us to be happy. Yeah, that's beer. I know. That's why he's... Whatever. Never mind. You missed it. That was supposed to be slightly clever. Whatever. Uh, yeah, that's, that's... Yeah. She is just... 
beautiful, a beautiful woman. Hard to get past that one. Oh, I'm trying to think. I think um, what else is going on that I want to talk about? Because there's a couple things I want to talk about that I can't remember now. <laughs> you want to talk about important shit? I don't know <laughs> if we want this podcast to be that way, but there's a lot of shit happening this week. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore we happened. Even mentioned um, that. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, we mentioned the Pacquiao fight, which I thought was going to be a subject that we talked about. We talked about the John Jones, which to me was kind of an ordeal. Um, we talked about Hololens, which I thought was a thing. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Pac- um, Baltimore? I mean, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where people are expecting an opinion from us. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's. You so, saw that the six were charged with murder, right? Yeah. Okay, I mean, I somebody did something up. bad. Right. But I don't think it was based on race. I just think some cop did something really stupid, and that's about it. Mm. Even though everyone's, you know, going with, the, with you know, being a racing. I just... The thing is, is like, cops Okay, kill. so it's not like systemic racism, like where the guy was a racist. It's like, oh, let's get this, you know, nigger or something, right? Right. That is not the example of what happened here, I believe. But I do believe they would have treated me differently than they treated him. And that is based off of race. So there is an element of race to it. Right? I don't think I don't think it's this idea that we're gonna get this, you know, black guy because he's black, but I think it's an example of we're gonna treat this guy this way because he's black, because there's a a yin yang of you know symbiotic re- or symbiotic relationship between the two, you know, where they've they're mean to the black guys, so the black guys are extra defensive and contrary to the police. So the police have, you know, a harder time dealing with black guys. So I'm generalizing, but you know what I'm saying. That's where that mentality of the police department comes from. So there is an element of race to it. So you can't say it's not based off of race. It kind of is. I mean, would they have done that to you, do you think? Uh, I don't know. Now, if you were exactly that guy, but you were white, they might have still done it to you. Like if you lived his exact life and you would lived in his neighborhood and you'd always grown up and you'd had the the interactions that he had had with the police at different times and you were from an environment you know like he was, I could see them treating you that way. So I don't think it's pure racism; it's more classism. Like where you are and where you're from, you get treated a certain way because there's a certain crime rate. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's like the chicken and the right, egg problem, yeah. but I mean it's pretty clear cut to me that's just he's from a bad spot. And we could have the discussion of what we would do about those bad spots. But you can't say that like if you looked at the whole United States as like an organ organism, those are the bad spots like with a staph infection or something. Those are the spots with the cancer. You know, those there are ghettos that exist that need something to be done about them. Now there's a bunch of different point of views and I don't know how we really want to get into those different point of views, but I'm under the belief that they can't pull themselves up with their bootstraps like some people would recommend, right? The far right would recommend, well, I I made all of my money and I got out of that situation 
so we shouldn't give them money or houses, you know, because they're not going to pull themselves out of that situation, which I would agree with. And then the left side would say that you need to give them all of this support and safety nets and social systems that allow them to get jobs and become better people and they need houses and they need housing, which I would also agree with. But where I would disagree with both of those is you can't – so like the right side says you can't just give them a house and a free life. There have been experiments where we have given people – we've moved like an entire ghetto into a very nice like white-collar you know, high neighborhood. And they moved all the crime and all of the buildings get tore up and graffitied. You know, you just you can't just move the people because the people are where the ghetto's at. It's not the buildings and the the addresses, because we have an example of those addresses and places becoming gentrified. You know, people move in and make them nice and they become valuable. So it's not the addresses and locations of these places, it's the people inside of them. And I would make a difficult statement argument that you can't save most of those people in there. They're too far gone. But what I would make an argument, and this is where I agree with the left, is that they do need a social network of some sort, but it needs to be for the kids. There needs to be a way for those children to, to go to places that are safe, well-lit, clean, supportive, that have mentors, and you know, but that also needs a bunch of money. You know what we need to do? We need to war, wage war on my version of the ghetto, which is the people that live there, you know, the, the, the culture of the ghetto that lives there, we need to just hire Halliburton to wage war on it. And all the <laughs> money that we spend on Iraq, we need to spend on Halliburton to go in there and clean that shit up. And we'd have it done in, you know, 12 years. <laughs> However long we've been in Iraq. Right. Well, this is, uh, and I think I, I completely agree that it's uh, systemic inside. A lot of it, most poor people most people are poor because they're poor they're not poor because of bad luck they're poor because they made bad decisions no if you come from an environment where your parents don't have any way to make you where they have a difficulty buying you food there that's my point is there's a there is a line where it is your choices but there's also a line where it's not your choices Right. But those before that line make you who you are when you cross that line. There is a strong argument for that. If my kids grew up in the hellish environment of East Texas or the ghettos of Baltimore, they would hardly have a chance because the only examples environment they have of, a, of their way to make it through living, and you can't say that a 12-year-old is mature enough to make the decisions that way. They're going to, they're gonna, what, their uncle who's cool, their older brother who's cool, their dad who was cool, their mom who, they're going to base their decisions and who they are off of those examples. So when it becomes time to cross that line and they're 18 and they start making bad decisions, well, you know, well, fuck, it was your fault. You made all the decisions. It wasn't bad luck. It was bad choices. It's like, no, that's not true. That was bad luck. Because if you were born in that, you wouldn't be who you were. If you didn't have the parents who forced you me and you both fought our parents quite heavily when it comes to schoolwork and they were more bullheaded than we were well if my parents were only you know 17 years older than i were and they couldn't even read for themselves how are they going to send you to college you see what i'm saying right well that that's what i'm saying about being systemic and an epidemic because i'm looking at some stats right now 
uh, 67% black or African Americans were raised in a single parent home. Two thirds of black kids don't know their mother or father or one or the other. They, I don't think you can solve that though. I don't think that's the issue that you solve, right? Well, it's maybe not, but I mean that just it just perpetuates it's an example of it, how it just perpetuates the bad, you know. That's the bad luck part of the equation. Right. Is It's not all bad luck or bad choices, it's a little bit of both. And that's the bad luck part, right? Well, I mean for the kids, yeah, but Yes. It's I don't think the, you can save the adults. I don't even know why there's even discussions on trying to save them. Once you've crossed a certain line and you've crossed that line where it's no longer bad luck, it's bad choices, you've pretty much defined who you are. And it would be very difficult, if not impossible. It, it would do it, it just not economically feasible for the rest of society to, to bear that burden of saving those people. There should be... There should be the opportunities to not be those people if they all chose to not be those people or if any one of them individually chooses, I don't want to make these bad choices anymore. But those, that opportunity exists for them now. You could instantly stop making all your bad choices and pay all the dues that you, that you owe for the bad choices that you've made up until this point, get to even, and then start making good choices from there on. They, all, they already have those opportunities. If we're talking about saving the ghetto, the only way to do it is from the children's we save the children. You have to save the children. But I would also make an argument that we need to save all of the children. My, my son, I'm a white-collar kid who makes you know, pretty good money, and my kid's teacher is an idiot. It's like, why isn't my teacher making more money than the doctor that he goes and sees? Or around the same money. You know, as a society, we should be saving all of the children. All of the children should have all of the opportunities they need. But that's my social... You'll, you'll see that if you listen long enough that I'm very right-winged on some things and very left-winged on some things. And this is one of those things that I'm very left-liberal on. I think all of the money that we spend on goddamn stealth bombers that we're never going to use that fucking military doesn't even want, you know, all of that money should be spent on fucking schools. And it should be okay for the federal government to spend money on schools. It should be okay. Should, I mean, I know they do, but they more than they do. a lot of money on schools. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's that's a whole other discussion about right. private and public and charter and yeah, story and yeah. That's we can talk forever, Jacob. That's why we we're could. doing this podcast. <laughs> There's just millions of things we can continue to go on forever. Yes, but I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> okay, because we are we are starting to get we're about an uh, hour and forty in. Yeah, so, we're about to our point. We're, we're getting know, there. Bob, close. And I'm I'm starting to get tired, so you know maybe. All right. Maybe call it a night. Say thank you once yep. again to all of, all of our 14 listeners. All 14 of you. We love you. And may the fourth be with you and th- live long and prosper. May the fourth be with you. We it's have... Like, damn it. Fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. Go go watch Star Wars tomorrow. Just throw no, it... No, 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 no. I didn't find it, but I meant to find it. Go find the, the, the fixed version of Star Wars. Oh, uh, Star Wars Uncut. Is that what it is? I think that's what it's called. Or uh, there's a version of it. It's called like the the Chewbacca edit or whatever. I don't know what ed- editor, whatever the name is. It's some something like that. But it's all of the movies cut and chopped and put into a special order to make the story about Darth Vader. And it shows you the whole redemption and story of Darth Vader. 
It makes it very, very, very good. I think nice. they abandon all of one. They only use a little bit of two, very little of three, and then four, five, and six get rearranged a little bit. And Anyway, that's what I recommend y'all do tomorrow. Nice. And, you know, if not, just have a good day. <laughs> send, send us an email, goddammit. There's 14 of you. Steve, on the bus, I'm talking to you. Send me an email. Or tweet at us or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, from all of us here at 42, both of us, anyway, thank you and have a good night. Oh.